We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hi, friends. It's Kirk coming to you very late Saturday night following the Mavericks <laughs> getting the absolute crap kicked out of them by the Houston Rockets, 133-108. to 108. This is Josh and Kirk with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. How are you, Josh? <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's just the way you put it and the tone of your voice, I'm sorry. I know what we're, we're, we're in for for this podcast. And it's just like, like, damn it, Mavericks. Like, you just you're, – you're about to unleash the Kirk, like – you cannot play this poorly on a Saturday night, and not only a Saturday night, but a 9 p.m. Eastern time Saturday night game. Like, what are you doing to Kirk here? You're just asking for it. Yeah. They yeah. deserve it. Whatever you want to give them tonight. You, you well, to them. I think the first thing we have to clear up is the Maverick PR chicanery uh, that that Eddie Sefco put out about, oh, well, the Mavericks have played a lot of games, which is true. They have played a lot of games. we got to acknowledge the fact that they've played – Five games and seven nights, really a rough stretch without their key. Guys, we know all of the particulars. The thing about that is, is so have the Rockets, and the Rockets are arguably missing better players in terms of like uh, the depth on the roster when you're missing Oladipo and you're missing Christian Wood. Uh, I To watch what the Mavericks did, to watch how they played, they looked tired which I understand, but effort is about all you can control some nights when you're playing basketball. And they started out so poorly that I'm sure Rick is probably like questioning his sanity at certain points because they just, you know, it, it was like Willie Cauley-Stein in, inherited Dwight Powell's ability to usher people to the rim for layups. 
I, I don't know what, like the, the way that game started, it was, it was foreboding. It really was. I, I, I'm not even mad. I'm just so disappointed because that's a terrible way to spend the night. Like it was a boring game to watch. Luca was pretty good. Everybody else sucked. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think the thing that bothers me the most is not that they lost. Cause I think you could pull every one of our Mavs Moneyball writers, us, pull all the other writers, pull Locked on Mavs, pull Dallas basketball, pull all everyone and be like, hey, do you think the Mavericks are going to win? And I guarantee you the majority would have been, now they're probably going to lose. Like this is, yeah, this is yeah. a schedule. No, it's good. It was so, good. But, then. It, but <laughs> to give up 133 points to this Rockets lineup that they rolled out there, to give up 54.7% shooting, to give up 16 of 37 three-point shooting, uh, that is the part where I'm just like, man, that's that's not good, and that's discouraging, and that's upsetting. And I think that there has there has to be a reality. This has to exist. We have to be able to say the Mavericks played like dog shit tonight, mm-hmm. while also keeping in the perspective of yes, we understand what's going on. But that doesn't mean we don't get to ignore this game as if it doesn't count. It counts. This is their eighth loss of the season. They're eight and eight. There's a lot of circumstances that are leading into that eight and eight record that is out of the Mavericks control. But at the end of the day, when the Mavericks get all those guys back, the NBA is going to be like, well, whoops, there's, we're going to give you your five. We're going to take away your five losses. Uh, Sorry. We're going to do the no. And you know, the like every team is going through something, man. The Mavericks are not, a unique team they're a little unique in the fact that they haven't had as many games postponed as maybe some of these other teams which is some bad luck but i mean like you said the rockets were in their fifth game in eight nights i think they were missing victor oladipo they were missing christian wood uh they got john wall back for his first game after an injury so you you don't know how what he's gonna look like uh so and there's a lot of other teams that are struggling with a lot of various things that the mavericks are struggling with and you know it's I just would have liked to see a little more like I would have I I honestly thought maybe I'm naive but I thought this was going to be one of those losses where they lost like 101 to 96 and both teams shot like 35 percent from the floor or something just like one of these games where neither team has it but it's just kind of a rock fight right. um, and the Rockets look like they hadn't played a game in, in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, they were jumping off the floor. They were getting off the it felt like they were jumping to the ball twice before the Mavericks could jump once. Yeah. And that that sucks. And we can say yeah. that without being hate. We're not being haters. We're not. No, trolls, I don't think anybody you know? like it's, it's, it's one thing to watch. Like there are some games where you just kind of throw your hands up in disgust. And that's what, what I really felt collectively. I, I think the solutions to this are not, you know, maybe they are as simple as get, get guys back. Mm-hmm. But there's something about a loss like that that feels like the problems are deeper, and I it's really a recency bias take. Just having to have to take notes and watch it, and just just watch the ineptitude of of the players on the court that aren't Luca and really Jalen Brunson. That's about it. And watching everyone else is really, really painful. You know, uh, uh, I've already talked about Kali Stein. 18 minutes, three boards, negative 26. Um, Hardaway Jr. is too important to the Mavericks to be this inconsistent. He was awful. 
I mean, if you if you had kept a camera on him in the first half, he was getting bullied by players most Mavericks fans have not heard of before. And, you know, sometimes your shots aren't going to fall. That happens with Tim a lot, frankly. But he can't be such a net negative as he was because he had two boards and that was it all game long. He did nothing. He was a non-contributing zero. And he's just too important with Porzingis out to to be that useless. Um, and Carl kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming Carl obviously probably agrees with this because it's, you know, Carl rolled him out there even later in the game when the game was really out of hand, just in a sense to maybe try to get him going mentally. I mean, you can kind of go down the line. I mean, um, was Hardaway the one? I don't want to interrupt you in the middle of some flow, but sure, sure. was Hardaway the one that had that? Uh, abhorrent loose ball foul. Uh, when the yes. Rockets had two yeah, seconds left, was just and it was a was, half court shot by the Rockets because of the the shot clock ran out, and he gave up a loose ball, a ball foul on the rebound. I mean, he wasn't even trying to rebound. He yeah. was doing what you teach like grade school offensive linemen on how to block, where he was just shoving the dude with two hands, and it's just frustrating to watch because. You know, rebounding is is a position and a sense and like an ability to know where you are. And 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 Hardaway just on that end of the floor just is lost a lot. And some games it's really painful. I mean, go down the whole roster and just look at how bad every single player was. I don't really know what to say about Josh Green anymore because I'm hopeful that the long term development is going to. He's going to figure things out and learn. And he's a, everybody says he's such a hard worker, but outside, like when, when the energy things aren't working for him, he's not doing a lot else. I mean, you can go through Johnson, a one do who got the championship belt, whatever for his non-contributing defense against the Spurs last night. Don't understand what that was. Um, Boban, who is a whole other bag, you know, he had 15 points and was basically the only player as a plus nine, but he, he, he got scored on in the post by a guy who was a foot and a half shorter than him. I mean, he can't, he just can't play. Uh, Burke was okay. I mean, t- and then you get into kind of the back end guys. And I just, I don't know. I, it was a very disappointing loss. And and yet it just felt so preordained. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll through some numbers for one doing green. And to be fair, I want to preface this by saying that if things were normal, these guys, they would not be playing. Uh, right. They wouldn't not even like not be playing like, oh, they'd be getting like less minutes. Like, no, they would literally not be. They would not be playing. Right. Um, but let's since uh, the Houston game, Owundu has had to play more. Let's see. Since he, he started playing more in the Orlando game. So that was the game after the Denver game where all the guys started going out. So he's been, I don't know, he's been averaging somewhere in the ballpark of like 22 to 20, 25 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to live, I know this is not everything, but Kirk, so he's been playing about 23, 25 minutes a night since the Orlando game. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's eight games. Point, point totals in those eight games. Zero, four, three, nine, zero, zero, two, one. Um, I don't, there's a certain point where it doesn't matter how good your defense, you could be Tony Allen on defense. If you are that much of a non-factor on the offensive end, I mean, guys, the point of basketball is to put the ball through the hoop. Right. Like there's, there's a level 
of ineptitude on the offensive end that it does not matter what you do on defense to where you are harming the team. And it's, yeah. and it's a shame because he's not that bad. Like I know he's, you know, a lot of people will fight me on how good he actually is, but he showed significantly more in Orlando in terms of being able to be like a somewhat consistent three-point shooter in terms of like, you know, at least being like 33, 34 in that range, 34% range. Like what's happening with him is, is pretty crazy. Like he's like, he's not this bad. I don't think. Uh, And it's really frustrating. And then, you know, you look at Josh green and we, and we've talked about him to really put it in perspective. So Josh green has scored after tonight, 35 points in his 196 total minutes. Uh, Mason Jones for the Rockets, who went undrafted, has scored. He scored 16 points in 19 minutes, so almost half of Josh Green's season-long point total in one game. And for the season, Mason Jones has played 121 minutes, so 70 less minutes than Green. He has scored 77 points. I know that's really reductive because that's not all there is to the game of basketball. But when you see a team like the Rockets roll in and they are also struggling and they are also tired and you look at Mason Jones drop in 16 points on eight shots, you look at, um, in, I'm going to butcher his name, David Mwaba, Mwaba yeah. uh, he comes off the bench and gives you 18 points uh, on seven shots. Uh, and then you look at the Mavericks and, you know, Josh Green can barely, you know, Josh Green and Wesley Windu can barely combine to score double digits and it's yep. just really that part they've is had chances that's, that's really that's really what it comes down to is they've had chances and they can't perform yeah and the kind of shots that luca gets guys are significantly better quality than what the rockets players were getting tonight and it's very painful to watch and that's j- it's not to say that this can't go somewhere eventually it's just the Mavericks have, and and part of people seem to, to misunderstand me when I'm like, I don't necessarily need excellence right now, but the Mavericks have a limited window with Luca on a rookie contract. And I get very frustrated with these sorts of things because it seems like to me that they have taken this window slightly for granted, not Luca as a player, but the ability to do something with him being this good. I was on and on, and I was right about how they finished the se- the regular season last year. They could have beaten any other team in the playoffs except for the Clippers in the first round last year. I really, truly believe that. Maybe not the Lakers. And now when we're watching this sort of stuff, which is really impacted by COVID, is more than anything else. And again, Luka was the one in the preseason who said teams who don't get COVID are going <laughs> to win. He has said this, and people were like, what do you mean? And then look at the Lakers. They don't have any COVID issues, and they're 11-2 and two or 11-3, and three, whatever the heck they are. Some yeah. of this stuff is just – it feels so telegraphed. And, and to watch them putts around and watch good NBA players miss open shots. I mean, Wesson Wundu has missed 15 three-pointers this year where no one was near him. Yeah, that's tough. That's um, real. Like that's hard to yeah. do. If you it, it, not, to, I'm going to keep going for a second just because I want to. If you have ever been to an NBA practice, because Josh, I know you have. These dudes at all positions can shoot the ball lights out. So some of this doesn't really make any sense to me because I'm just like like one a one dude's one miss his one shot. The the closest person near him was Luka Doncic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was that wide open. 
Dude, he was 34% last year in 18 minutes a game, 36% the year before from three, and also 18 minutes a game. Like, yeah. it's it's uh, it's almost like Yip's level of, like, did oh, he I get... think he'll swing. I think he'll yeah. come back around if he, yeah, gets, it, if he gets opportunities. But it's just yeah. really painful right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't make what we're watching any less frustrating. Um, I don't so, know. Yeah. Uh, I did like uh, Kirk. I know you you, you tapped out because uh, you had uh, you wanted to get a head start on the recap in the fourth quarter. I did like that Rick literally played a, a lineup that was all rookies and a one do. It was Nate Hitton, Tyler Bay, Tyrell Terry, Josh Green, and Wes Wundu. And uh, they didn't really you know they didn't really do great. They were minus seven, I think, for that stretch. But um, Bay actually scored five points and made two shots. It's kind of which is kind of funny. Like he got up three shots in seven minutes, and he's supposed to be like a defensive guy. I just thought that was funny, but <laughs> but it was also like um, I really I'm I'm being serious. I kind of wish Rick to kind of I don't know if this to prove a point. I, I'm not an NBA coach, and this is why I wouldn't be an NBA coach because you just you can't really do this. But I would have thrown that lineup toward the end of the third quarter when things are going all to hell because I just would have been like, look, you guys are tired and you don't really feel yeah. like playing so i'm gonna play all these guys that haven't you know these guys don't they're not tired you know they're not tired uh tyrell terry bay hitting you know they haven't played huge minutes you know they they have the relatively fresh legs like i would have been like you know what i'm gonna play these guys they're gonna finish this game out because you guys don't you guys don't want to play and hey you're worn out it's five and seven nights uh i'm I'm gonna save your minutes here because like this is just beating ahead into into a a concrete wall it felt like watching the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth as they still pretended like it was a game uh when it wasn't uh but yeah it was just yeah don't know what to say and what's funny is man when, when the mavericks get all the guys that they have out for covid when they get back and when they get some games under their belt I truly believe that this Mavericks team matches up with every, you know, every other team in this league and can be competitive and win games against every single team in this league. And that includes the Lakers. Uh, I really believe that. I Uh, I do too. So through, through, what was it? 42 minutes against the Spurs. They gave the Spurs the business with two good players and a bunch of, and Jalen Brunson and then a bunch of everybody else. So I'm really just pissy in the moment. But I, I just the thing about this is is these other four players, you know, you know, it's Powell, it's uh who else? Uh Maxi Maxi Richardson and Finney Smith. We don't know, you know, it's not like they're gonna come back and just it's gonna yep. be a process. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of opportunity. Luca, you know, I mean opportunity for things to just continue to kind of go sideways or at least, you know, tread water. And Luca has been playing a lot of minutes. And there's just, I don't know. It's it's not going to be this real simple, straightforward path. And and you know, at the beginning of last season, I was railing about some of the losses the Mavericks gave away. And it's just, I don't know. It just feels like that. I I, I again, I'm probably wrong. I'm just very grumpy because this is just not how I want to spend a Saturday night to this level. Um, I suppose that is why they pay me the Mavs Moneyball bucks, though. So I should probably <laughs> stop complaining. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. You you make a really salient point about those guys coming back, and not it's not necessarily a guarantee to be fixed right away because, you know, not to be alarmist or or anything, but we you know COVID affects guys differently, and the guys that are out, I'm assuming you know they I think the, there was reported the Mavericks had four positive tests. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I pretty, I'm not certain, but you know, some of those guys out were some of the ones that tested positive. We know Josh Richardson tested positive cause he posted about it. Uh, and we just, we don't, you know, some guys come back and it's like, they never even had it. And some guys come back and it's pretty obvious that they look a little off, uh, at least when they first come back. So we don't know, like we, we just don't know, but we hope. Uh, and in my head, when all of these guys are a hundred percent and they're on the floor, I mean, I really do think they can beat anyone. And the question right now that we, I feel like we get open every podcast and, and do fi- a five second podcast is like, uh, is like, well, is it, is it time yet? Like, nope. Okay. Then move on to, to the next one. Uh, cause it, it's hard to talk about this team sometimes, uh, when they've got so much going against them right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know. This is the pitfalls of, uh, of of podcasting on every on every game like this because you, know, you just run into the problem of talking about the same thing over and over yep. again. And, yep. and I've been telling the people who I chat with online, like I'm really trying to make a concerted effort to not be that asshole every time, which I was a lot of the time last year because I just you know I I feel these games as much as I watch them, and so I'm I'm trying to be better about that. But it it, it it is wild watching the same stuff <laughs> night yeah. in, night out. Because you know these guys do film, they talk about it, and Carl's just probably like, "What are we doing?" And and you know, I I, I this is where my saltiness from the offseason always comes into play because it's just like, "Hey, who could have who could have foreseen that Willie Cauley Stein wasn't going to be that good?" <laughs> oh, wait, everyone. <laughs> except for the Mavericks apparently. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and, and I love some of our friends who are still very high on him, but you know, it's just, it, it, some of these things get very painful to watch happen in real time. And I have a hard time reconciling those understanding big picture that really, really doesn't matter with the, you know, the six minutes that DeMarcus cousins destroyed him. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to make that all fit in my fan brain. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I think what uh, my last thing is like uh, to reiterate, I think what broke me tonight was seeing, (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know uh, this, I'll be, I'll I'll be done. I'll be short and then we'll, we'll go. Uh, But the thing that broke me was just in, in Waba and Jones coming off the bench, combining for 34 points. And it's like, dude, it would just be nice to see the Mavericks get, I mean, I know they've had Burke pop off for a couple of games off the bench, but boy, it would be nice to see like one of their, shorthanded guys that's thrust into the spotlight to just have a big night like you know what i mean like that just kind of sure. reinforced it for me like man this man this just just kind of sucks right now well guess what i've got some really good news <laughs> for you i've got some great news for you coming what? up next the denver nuggets the utah jazz Oof. the utah jazz the phoenix suns the phoenix suns the atlanta hawks the golden state warriors the golden state warriors so there you go Things are a little shaky and things, you know, like realistically, and I'm just going to say this to myself more than anybody else. If the Mavericks are playing, if they're still 500 by February 2nd, I'm going to be excited. Yeah, that's a win. That's a freaking win. You take it and run. Run with it. Well, speaking of that, you and I will be back. uh, I mean, today's Saturday. They play again on Monday, so we'll see what's shaking. We will be back then, guys. You got anything else, Josh? No, I'm done. Let's go to bed. All right. All right, guys. Everybody be good. Talk to you on Monday.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.